0: Praise God. God's good? Awesome. Let's just pray, Father. We come before your throne of grace today. We thank you, Lord, because we got this another opportunity to celebrate the birth, Father of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ in the earth. We are so grateful, O Lord. We are so grateful. We're so grateful, O Master. Father, reveal through your word, O Lord, what it means to have the light of the world come from heaven to this broken earth. And Father, let miracles and signs and wonders attest to your presence here in this house. Because nothing can replace the testimony of the Lord Jesus as much as signs and wonders done in your name, Master. For those are the works of the Father done on the earth through your Son, Jesus, that the Father will be glorified in our midst. We thank you and we worship you. Revealed through the scriptures, oh Lord, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. God's good? Amen. God's good, awesome. We we've been t- uh, This year has been powerful in terms of the, what the Lord has been sharing to us in terms of receiving from a good father, right? And last couple of sessions, we've been seeing how to receive from this good father. Uh, and the key of the whole message is that you'll we'll learn, and I want you to go back and re- meditate on it, read it, and continue to explore on your own the more you see the father good, see, he is full of good. He's full of tender, loving mercy. All the religions on the earth have a picture of God being powerful but they never know as God being very tender, loving, and abundant in mercy. that Nobody knows. In fact, it would be surprising that even the Christians don't know that, right? We grew up learning about being afraid of this God, a God of the Ten Commandments, the God of Mount Sinai. But that's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible is, he is full of compassion. That's how God wants to know. When Moses wanted to see, Lord, show me your glory, God, he showed him as God who is full of compassion. I mean, Moses was completely shocked by that revelation on that mountain. He was like, he was expecting God of great power, right? Because he had seen that. But he saw God of full of compassion. That's what God wants to be known. And But still, man never got it until he sent his only son on the earth and then finally Jesus spent three and a half years on the earth and finally Philip at the finally before the day I think a couple of days before the crucifixion Philip comes and says Jesus show us the father <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> because they saw Jesus as very loving very patient never gets angry with them never rebukes them but they still think father is tough, tough right so it's like show us the father so Jesus is like Philip how long have I been with you? So he's like, three and a half years. (laughs) He didn't say that, right? But he said, if you have seen me, you have seen the father. So he's saying, my father is just like me. What do you think I'm doing? I'm just doing what the father is telling me to do. So this compassion is his idea. Man, that just blows people's mind, right? The father is very compassionate. The more you see the father compassionate and loving and merciful, the more you can receive that goodness from the father. That's how you receive. You've not received so many years is not because the father is not good, because you see him as hard. In fact, there was this, he gives this parable, and I uh, I wanted to share that last time, but I missed that. He said there was a guy who who owed a master thousand talents. That's like almost... I think in today's world would be a hundred billion dollars equivalent, thousand talents. So he could not repay this master. So he came to the master, and the master said, said, I beg you, have patience with me. I will repay you all. Is that is that true? Can he repay him all? He cannot, right? But but the master had compassion on him and let him go. But the master, before he could have compassion on him, he said, I Let him be sold. He, along with his wife and his children, and my debts be repaid. That's a good idea, right? If you are sold, I would get my debts repaid. Correct? That's good for the master. But the guy said, no, have patience with me. I will repay you all. So the master had compassion on him and said, okay, fine. And later on, he let him free. Now, let me ask you a question. Was the master's debts paid? No. Correct? Correct? So that is compassion. But the master's debts are not paid. You know the master was right in saying he be sold. Because what was the plan of this master? He was going to be sold to whom? Now that you know the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, who was he going to be sold to? He was going to be sold to his son. (laughs) And his son would pay him back. And then the son would set him free. And then the son could say, Whom the son sets free is free indeed. (laughs) That's the mystery of that passage, right? He never knew that. Because he thought that this master is a hard master. So he, he goes and does the same to another man. And the other guy also said the same thing to him. He said, I will repay you all. Because the master cannot help you if you constantly in your mind think that you one day can pay him back. That's deception. they That's you can never receive from the father. The way you receive from the father is, father, I cannot repay you nothing, but I trust in your compassion. Let me be sold to your son. I trust your son. See how the master said, let him be sold with his wife and children and his goods to the I know it's a son, but look at the compassion of God. He didn't want to separate his wife and his children and his goods from him. That's compassion. Even in that, you see the compassion of the master. He wants to keep you safe. So that's why God says when the gospel of Jesus Christ is preached, repent and be baptized, you and your household. He's not just wanting happy that you got you. He wants to keep you together. That's the compassion of the Father. Awesome. We had five minutes to go on. <laughs> so we got still time. But I wanted the message. You know the Christmas message started way, way back. Which chapter? Which book of the Bible? Where's the message of the Christmas? Where does the message of Christmas first shows up? Do you know where the message of Christmas first shows up? Keep going back. Keep going back. Keep going back. Genesis! Genesis! Three, okay anybody else Thompson I said Genesis. oh you said Genesis We well, are not loud enough you're not loud enough okay <laughs> you're to be affirmative loud okay Genesis 3 anybody else any other suggestions I say earlier than Genesis 3 Genesis 1 <laughs> Genesis 1 is very close where in Genesis 1 where in Genesis 1? Can you show me Christmas in Genesis 1? Let's go. Let's go to Genesis. Uh. <laughs> but where is, the, where is the Christmas there? Where is the Christmas story there in Genesis 1? Okay. So let, follow with me and you'll see Christmas like you've never seen before. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Correct? How do you think he created the heavens and the earth? Was it good? Right? All things that he makes are good. Right? Okay, then let's read the next verse. The earth was without form, was void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. Something is not right on the earth. Not in heaven, but on the earth. Something has happened. How is there darkness on this earth? How is it empty? How is it without form? Almost reflects the world that we live in. It reflects the lives of so many of us we were before we met the Lord Jesus Christ, correct? Darkness, without form, no no purpose in life, completely empty, completely devoid, completely depressed. That That was our life before we met the Lord Jesus Christ, correct? And the Spirit of the Lord was hovering over the waters. What is the Spirit of God hovering on the waters? What is the Spirit of God looking for? He's looking for a place to rest. Just like when Noah sent the dove outside after the floods, what was the dove looking? For a place to rest. And finding none, it came back to the ark. Because the ark was the only place where the place of rest was. See, the Holy Spirit, which is a picture of the Tao, is always looking for a place to rest. And finally that Tao rested where? On the river Jordan, when a perfect man came on this broken earth, and that Tao finally found a place to rest. Amazing. That Tao had the longest flight in history. <laughs> We would it have been flying. <laughs> How many years? 4,000 Four thousand years. This Tao was looking for a place to rest. This Holy Spirit was hovering on the waters from Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. Never found a place of rest because the Holy Spirit can only rest on a perfectly righteous vessel. Let me tell you. Uh, A a marvel, and that Holy Spirit today dwells in you. (laughs) That Holy Spirit that couldn't rest for 4,000 years now lives in you. What does that say about you? You are perfectly righteous. You are perfectly righteous. Let's go to the Christmas story. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters and God said, Let there be light. And there was light. That's the Christmas story. Before God can make anything good on the earth, He had to send forth light. Who was that light? Jesus was that light. It was not the sun. It was not the moon. Because this is not the fourth day. The sun and the moon came on the fourth day. Correct? This was the light, which was Jesus Christ. See, before Jesus can do any, before the Father can do any good thing on the earth, He can, He has to, He has to, let go light, right? Light has to show up on the earth. So what happens? God saw the light and it was good. good. And God divided or separated the light from the darkness. Now this is important. I want you to get this interest, this fact very clear. On the earth was there darkness. Yeah. Correct? On the earth is there darkness right now? Yeah. Yes. Before God could do any good thing on the earth, he had to bring forth Jesus, correct? So that is the gospel. This is Christmas. Because he said, let light come on the earth. And light came. But did light destroy the darkness on the earth? No. What did God do to the light and the darkness? He separated. So what's happening right now is, there is light on the earth. There is darkness on the earth, but darkness cannot touch the light. Do you see this picture? I want you to stay with this. Because Jesus is light, correct? He came as light. He's made you sons of light. But this light is that you are, which he has brought you. Darkness cannot touch you. Cannot touch you. He is, who separated this darkness from the light? It's not man who separated. God has separated this darkness. This separation is supernatural. Say supernatural. What is of the earth? The darkness cannot, my brothers and sisters, touch you. That is the gospel story, the Christmas story. He has come as light into the world, but God has separated light from the darkness. Cannot touch you. It will will constantly bring false symptoms in your body. It will constantly bring false symptoms in your job. It will constantly bring false symptoms in your relationships. As if that darkness can touch you. But God said, I have separated it. And God calls that separation what? Verse 5. God called the light day. Every good thing in your life has happened in the? In the day. You are no longer sons of the night. You are sons of the day. God, even for God to work, he could only work in the day. day. So let me tell you, when light came, what started? Day started. Day started. Now it's day. Why is it day for you all the time? Because your sun shall Never never set. Your sun never sets. Your sun never sets. It's always day for you. It is the day. And God called call the light day. And the darkness he called what? Night. night. night correct? Mm-hmm. I want you to listen to this next verse. Everything very prophetic in what it says. And the, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning was the? First day. Do you see a contradiction there? Do you see that? For the believer, the evening is also... Come on. For the believer, the evening is also... You have no night. There is no darkness as a believer. Do you see that? The evening and the morning is a day for you. You don't have any night in your life. For the world, there is night. But for you, there is no night. Because why? Your light has come into the earth. Do you get this? Got it. <laughs> <laughs> JR is like, get on with the program. <laughs> okay. let's Because JR said, get on with the program, I'm going to go jump straight to Genesis chapter 2. Okay? Now... You know what all happened in the day, correct? God created this earth, the man, animals, everything. Everything was made in the day. Say the day. The day. How do you know that? After, after making everything God said, it is the? No. Let, let, anytime he made something, what did he say? The evening and the morning was the first day. The evening and the morning was the second day. What happened? So God did not do anything in the night? Because he is not talking about the sun and sun night. You got what I'm saying? See, guys, he's not talking about the night that happens when the sun sets. He's talking about God only works in the day. I want you to get this revelation, this uh, 2019. God only works in the day. You can only work in the day. Even Jesus cannot work in the night. Even he has to only work in the day. Who defines whether it's day or not? Thompson? No. No. Jesus. Because he is the light. When he shows up, what shows up? No, day shows up. (laughs) See, there is no definition of day before Jesus shows up. He is the light. You know, what? this is what the Holy Spirit has been telling me last couple of weeks. He said, we are always looking to use Jesus to get good life. We are always looking to get Jesus to get eternal life. We are always looking to Jesus to get to the truth. We are always getting to Jesus to get the solution. Jesus is the solution. Jesus is the life. Jesus is the truth. He is the destination, not just your journey. Hallelujah. He is the light. Man, what are you... (laughs) It's like, Lord Jesus, I want you in my life so that I can have a good life. Sorry, L negative. He is the life. (laughs) So when the rich young man, young ruler, came to Jesus and he said, What good thing that I must do... Sounds like a rap. (laughs) What good thing that I must do to get eternal life. He missed the point. Why? Because eternal life is standing before Him. He is your life. What is it like? Oh, if I have enough money, then I will go to, uh, I'll have a big house. If I have a big house, then I don't have to worry about this. Then I can go to Disneyland. And when I go to Disneyland, I can uh, enjoy some time off. Then finally, when I sit there, I can relax. And finally, when I relax, I can. What do you want? What do you want? Ultimately, I can be happy. Jesus is your happiness. He is your destination, not just your journey. Amen? Jesus is the day. Okay, let's go to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. Now, Jesus, now God is writing after all that he did. God is now giving a summary of all that he did. Okay? Correct? So this is what he says. Genesis chapter 2, verse 4. Can somebody read that loud? This is the history. This is the history of the heavens. Of the heavens and, the and the earth. Now, God is writing a history of the heavens and the earth. Do you want to listen to it? <laughs> I was like, if God writes the history of how we made the heavens and the earth he has he just finished John Genesis chapter 1 saying the whole thing but he's again repeating it in one s- succinct verse he's saying this is the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created when when were they created in the in the day. In the day. Because God is again telling in Genesis chapter 2. I did not make anything at night. I created when Christmas began. <laughs> See, Christmas had to is important not just for you. Christmas is important for the Father. Because God, the Father, could not do nothing without Christmas. His son coming to forth. Light had to come forth for God to do anything in heavens or on the earth. Light be. That's when everything started. That is why now it makes sense when you go to John chapter 1. Let's go to John chapter 1. Come on. Run, run, run. Because we've got 20 minutes. John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Now let's talk about, if light is so important, you know, okay, I might jump to conclusion, but let's go to John chapter 1. Now let's read with me. I want you to read with me, get a revelation of this light. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. God, Okay? He was in the beginning with God. Who is he talking about? Jesus. Jesus, Correct? All things, say all all things. Everything in heaven and earth, all things were made. How? How did God make everything through Jesus? He made it through Jesus. He made it in the light of the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll see, why is it important? Because if God the Father can do so much stuff in the light of Jesus, what can you do if you are filled with that same light? All things are possible. Say all things. There's nothing impossible, right? Because God made everything from nothing in the light of Jesus. Say in the light of Jesus. Say the light has come. Now everything is possible for me. Like everything was possible for the Father. You got the point? Okay, let's read it. All things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. Is it only on, in heaven or also, uh, only on earth or was it also in, also in heaven? Everything. How do you think he made angels? How did he make angels? Through Jesus. Through Jesus. How did he make heaven? Through Jesus. How did he make all creation, the stars? Through Jesus. Through Jesus. Everything he made after Jesus went forth. Went forth. Light went forth. Light went forth. Got it? Okay, let's read the next. In him was life, verse 4. In, his, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Jesus' life is your light. I want you to kind of, kind of, kind of, let it, let it sit in your, bo- in, in your mind. Let it get into your system. Jesus' life is your light. Do you get it? Jesus' life is your light. Jesus' life is your light. Y- that Jesus' life is not for you to replicate. No, 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 you got it wrong. It's not a demand, it's a supply. You turn on the light so that you can supply light to the bulb? No. This light, burning bright, helps whom? Helps me. Am I of any help to it? No. When I turn it on, is it for me to try to be like it? No. His life, this light burning so bright is beneficial for me. Say beneficial for me. That light has been sent for me. His life is my light. You got it? His life is not for you to become like him. You missed it because that's exactly what the. Am I screaming? I think I'm screaming. Correct? <laughs> because because this revelation is huge. Because the rich man was trying to do what the other thing was. He said, "What must I do to be like you?" Jesus saying, "Keep the commandments." Because Jesus is trying to tell the rich young man, you cannot ever become like me. I'm sorry. You missed the point. I have been sent to you. I have been sent to you. Because you need me. I have been sent to you. If you believe that I have been sent, my goodness, the blessing that flows into your life. You know, there are w- the word sent is recorded... 55 times in the book of John. John repeats. In fact, Jesus said, if you believe that I have been sent by my Father, the Father will give you whatever you ask. Whoever has ever heard that message, if you believe that I have been sent by my Father, if you just believe that this light that has come, I have been sent to you, if you believe it, done. Whatever you ask in, in this world, whatever, the Father gives. Then you say, but I don't see it manifest. Hold on. You think Jesus is a liar? Okay, if your natural eyes cannot see it, it's not God's problem. But Jesus says, if whatever, because you believe that I have been sent, if you believe that, whatever you ask, the Father gives. Whatever. Whatever. Because I'm telling you, what is not possible in the light of the Lord Jesus Christ? God made everything in that day. Let's keep going. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overtake it or comprehend it. Same question: the darkness cannot overtake it, cannot touch it. The light shines in the darkness. Okay, keep reading. There was a man sent from God. Correct. Name was John. Okay. This man came to bear okay. To bear of the light. You see the you see the emphasis. John is talking about what? About the light. Remember the light. Which, uh, cha- which light is he talking about? What showed up in Genesis chapter 1 verse 3. That light. He says, John has been sent by God to bear witness of this light. What, keep reading. That all, might, that all him might witness. believe that he was not that light, he but was sent to bear witness of that light. Okay. Okay, underline that in your Bible. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. Say every man. Every Hindu, every every Muslim, every agnostic, everybody. I'm sorry about it, you're you're born in darkness. Remember the earth is without form and there's darkness on the earth. God never destroyed the darkness on the earth. It is still there, but the light has come, but there is a separation. Correct? Correct. Now, it is a choice of the darkness. The only way you can become sons of light is by seeing the light, by seeing Jesus Christ. He says, This light gives light to every man coming into the world. Okay. So, He was in the world. And the world was through Him. Okay. that's that's enough yeah that's enough and again let's john chapter 3 you remember john chapter 3 verse 16 right john chapter 3 verse 17 says he who believes in him is not condemned but he who does not believe is condemned already because sorry uh, for god did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but the world through him might be saved we know that but this is condemnation that light has come into the world say light has come into the world Light light has come It came, has come into the world. But men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. John chapter 3 verse 20. For everyone practices evil, hates the light, and does not come to the light, lest his deeds shall be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen that are done in God. Okay. So, I'm going to take just two passages, two verses, and then we'll close. A lot of people... Remember this passage says. Men do not like this light because their deeds will be exposed. Correct? That's one of the biggest reasons why people stay away from Jesus Christ. One of the biggest reasons believers are afraid of Jesus is because they think that their deeds are going to be exposed. Their weakness is going to be exposed. Right? One of the biggest reasons why God, people don't accept Jesus is because they feel Jesus... Be Jesus... What's that? Judges them. What else? Condemns them. What else? What are are the biggest reasons why people don't want to come to Jesus? What's that? Punish them. Came to judge them. Punish them. Condemn them. Right? Is that true? No. No. But what the Bible says is, but he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds will be clearly seen that have been done in God. Let me ask you a question. Have you come to the light? Yes, correct? Are you afraid of this light? No. Why? Isn't your deeds exposed mm-hmm. in this light? But it says, you sh- you're proud of your deeds because it's done in God. Doesn't make sense, right? Doesn't make sense. It's like, what's going on in this light? That obviously, this light is not like the light that makes ro- roaches run away. Right? You come in the night, after a late night party or something, and you turn on the light, and you see roaches running, not in your house. Let's believe that. Okay, you need Romex or some pest control going on there. But that, you know, that's like the worst feeling, you know? When light shows up and roaches run. But when light shows up in your life, you don't run from Jesus. Because this light does something very unique. And I want you to understand this. What has this Jesus light come into your life? I want you to go quickly to... Light meets darkness. The Christmas story in John chapter 8. John chapter 8. John chapter 8. So I'm going to read this. Now Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now early in the morning, when does he go? So that means it is what? Day or night? (laughs) I love it. It's daytime, correct? Get ready. for. See, the Holy Spirit never mentions words as for unnecessary information why does the holy spirit has to mention the word that it is morning because he's saying that what what day. it is day this light is going to do something and i want you to know what this light does okay are you ready for this adventure of this light okay let's read it and early in the morning he came again into the temple And all the people came to him. And he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. adultery. And when they set him in the midst. So Jesus is in the temple. What has come into the temple right now? No, 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 no. When Jesus came into the temple, what has come into the temple? Light has come into the temple. What do the Pharisees bring into the temple? Darkness. 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 What darkness? A woman caught in adultery. Even till today, all sins are permissible. But adultery, even the heathens loathe. Correct? They somehow, there is something in their body. Ah, You should not be unfaithful to your wife. Right? They try to cover it up, but still, there's still a scandal. Correct? There's still a scandal. With all the promotion in the world, there is because it's in the the world's sight, that is the epitome of sin. So, they bring the epitome of sin into the very presence of light. So, darkness meets light. Let's see who wins. Okay, let's see who wins. Okay? Let's see who wins. And there's a teacher. This woman was caught in the adultery in the very act. That's interesting. You're not going to get distracted in this. It's like what? They had Nest cameras sitting out there? No. In the very act? Or people were like peeping through the windows? Or what? And- And for them to drag this woman from some house in Jerusalem, all the way up to Temple Mount, into the temple, into the high stairs, into the very treasury. I mean, these guys had a plan. (laughs) I was like, this is not not like, suddenly they thought of the woman. They had, they had schemed this. Uh This is, this is Satan saying, let's see what light does to Darkness. Because justice has to be met here. God is using, Satan is trying to use the law against God. That's very powerful. That's very powerful. Now Moses, in the law. See, at the center of the world, in the midst of the darkness, is the law condemning you. Before God could do anything... There is judgment on the earth. The earth is empty. It's void. It's darkness. Why do you think it's there? Because it's judgment on the earth right now. Because something happened before God had to intervene. We know what happened. Satan sinned. And he was cast down to the earth. And that is the place. Now judgment is pervasive. God chooses this location for his greatest act of compassion. The greatest act of mercy, the greatest act of creativity, he uses this very place where Satan has been banished. Amazing. That's the wisdom of God. He's saying, your darkness cannot overtake my light. Jesus, God's, God the Father's trump card is what? Jesus, the light. Correct? Let's look at this. Teacher, now Moses in the law commanded that one should be stoned. But what do say you? They said, testing this. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. He wrote on the finger. When was the last time that God wrote something with his finger? The law. The law. So God is saying, I wrote the law. Who wrote the law? Jesus. Jesus on Mount Sinai gave them the law. He says... See, just like Jesus, the rich man came and told, what must I do to be, get eternal life? What did Jesus give them? Come on. What did Jesus give the young man who boasted in his righteousness? He gave them the law. When Israel came on Mount Sinai, boasting about their righteousness, Jesus gave them the law. He says, I am the one who wrote that first time. I can write it again, in case you forgot. So he starts writing. Correct? This is the hand of God writing on a stone granite floor in the temple. That means this granite can be pierced, right? I mean, seriously, this can just turn into... In fact, the Bible says, historical record says, when God wrote on a stone on Mount Sinai, that aluminum oxide in the rocks (laughs) completely transformed and becomes sapphire. Because there was so much of heat. And historical record says that two tablets of stone were sapphire stones. Because so much of heat came on that. So, but look at, kept reading. And he wrote, and he did not hear. And when he had continued asking, he he raised himself up and said, He who is without sin among you. Look at the verse 7. He raised himself up. See, God, the way he solves the sin problem is by... Raising. Who who raised him up? He himself raised him up. That himself is very important. God paid the price himself. When when Isaac on Mount uh, Moriah. He said. I see the fire. I see the wood. Where is the lamb? In your life. You are constantly going to see this. You are going to see the judgment. Of God. And you will see. Your, your position as wood. When fire meets wood, who wins? Fire wins. So Isaac is saying, I can see fire, I can see the wood. Who is? Where is the lamb? Because if I don't see the lamb, guess what? I am going to die. Did Isaac die on that mountain? Because what showed up? The lamb, the lamb showed up. In your life, you constantly have to make this choice in your life. Every day, when your boss is angry with you, don't see yourself as the bakarai. Bakara. <laughs> that's, that's an Arabic word called, don't, you don't be the sheep. Remember, see, whenever, you show, whenever you're whenever you in an in a, in a issue in your life, when there's sickness in your life, don't try to see yourself as the lamb. You always say, I have to find the lamb that is slain. Even in heaven, when you're seated with God, it says what? Who is in the midst? The The lamb that is forever. You constantly have to see the lamb that is slain in your life. So you don't see a solution in your life. It's because you are seeing yourself in the middle. See the lamb. Look for the lamb. Look for the lamb. Look for the lamb. Keep reading. And Jesus said, he raised himself up and said to him, he who is without sin among you, let him... Throw a stone at her first. Christmas is the arrival of the one who can cast the first stone. Let me repeat. Christmas is, announces the arrival of the one who can cast the first stone. Is this good news for the world or bad news for the world? You would think it's bad news for the world, right? Because God has postponed judgment till the one who is without sin can cast the first stone. That is why demons cried out when they saw Jesus in the synagogue saying, have you come to destroy us? Because only he had the authority to destroy. Christmas is the arrival of the one who can cast the first stone and he didn't. He judged himself. That is Christmas. He judged himself. Keep reading. And then those who heard it being convicted by their conscience went out one by one. Let me ask you a question. Their conscience. Now this is huge. I want believers, you know, strong believers, I want you to answer this question. Their conscience in this place, is it good or evil? Come on. How many think their conscience is doing the right thing? <laughs> this is a trick question, isn't it? What is their what is their conscience doing to them? No. no. Yes, condemning them and what is it causing them to do? What are what are they doing when they are convicted by their conscience? What are they doing? No, no, read what it says. They went out. Where did they go out from? From the very presence of light. So their conscience has driven them out from the light into darkness. darkness. Is this conscience doing the right thing? No. That is why Hebrews says, now God has given you a perfect conscience that will no longer condemn you, but will draw you back to Jesus. Now if believers say, oh, my conscience is very sensitive. Every time I do something wrong, it convicts me. I am sorry, you have an evil conscience. Because you don't know the truth. The truth is, this light that has come into your life has cleansed you completely. Perfect. So you do not walk away from the light. You walk into the light. So if your consciousness is constantly condemning you and you're thinking, oh, because I'm so super spiritual. I'm sorry, brother. I'm sorry, sister. You're deceived. That conscience is driving you out from the light and condemning you and telling you that Jesus is going to accuse you. That's evil conscience. Hebrews chapter 10 and 12. Read the whole chapter. And talks to you that evil conscience. God has now cleansed you from this evil conscience, Completely. And made you righteous. I want you to keep reading. This is very powerful. Then Jesus. And Jesus was left alone. And the woman standing in the midst. How is it that the woman is not condemned? In the presence of perfect light? The one who can cast the first stone is standing next to her, how is it that she is not afraid of the one who can cast the first stone? Let's, Let's answer the question here. So when Jesus raised himself up, so he two times he raised himself up. First time he raised himself up to write the law. Second time he raised himself up to... justify you forever. Today we serve a raised up Jesus forever. Raised up Jesus. We don't serve a Jesus who gave the law. We serve a Jesus that raised him up and says what? Where are your accusers? Wow. When perfect light tells you and says, where are your accusers? What should be her response? Theoretically, what should be her response? The one who can accuse me... ...is standing before me. Correct? Correct? That should be her right answer. But she doesn't know... ...that the one who can cast the first stone... ...is standing before her. Correct? She doesn't know this. Correct? So she says... ...what? No one, Lord. That means there is nobody accusing... ...but is that the truth? There is still one who can. The only one who can destroy her. Correct? And Jesus says, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Now, I've heard this verse so many times and it is preached completely wrong. Because that's not the heart of the Spirit of God when he wrote that thing that go and sin no more. You think if Jesus would talk to a leper and say... I have healed you right now. Never have leprosy again. Do you think this man will, in his waking moment rest of his life is trying not to be a leper? Or is he walking away from, this, from his presence saying because my Jesus told me I will be a leper no more. I will be a leper no more. Agreed? When Jesus said to the blind man be, be healed. Do you think he's waking up every day morning trying to stay See? Or is he received it because Jesus said it so? Agreed? So when, he, when a leper says be clean and he's clean for life, when a blind can see and he can see for life, when Jesus says sin no more, what makes you think now it is her responsibility to sin or is it not Jesus' responsibility to keep her from never sinning? Do you think a woman who had the power to stay away from sin can now continue not to be a sinner? Obviously, he's not talking about that. When he says, go and sin no more, what is Jesus doing? Jesus is giving her the gift of righteousness that God has now given you. And because Jesus knew that everyone will think about it, Jesus makes a statement in the next verse. And now he says, what? Does this light mean in your life? This light means what? Verse 12. Jesus spoke to them again and saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Means what? This woman will never sin. Let me ask you a question. Will she sin in her life again? Yes. But what will happen when she sins? she will never be condemned. Anil, do you have a verse for this? Do you have a verse for this? Okay, there is a verse. I want you to go to 1 John chapter 4. First John. Okay, let's read verse 5, verse 6. I don't want you to get distracted. This is Satan's... Pa- if you get this revelation, you will start receiving stuff in 2020 like you've never done before. Are you ready? Correct? This light does not expose you, my brothers and sisters. This light justifies you. Therefore, you can walk into this light every day because you are justified. You have the gift of no sin. When God says... God the Father through His Son says leprosy no more means leprosy no more it has nothing to do with the leper you get this point so when he says sin no more means what no never will I ever see you as a sin. sinner never never you respect what you do He said, but that is blasphemy I'm sorry this is what the light does Let's, do you have a verse and I'll close with this read the verse Let's read First uh, John, uh, John chapter 1 verses 5 and 6. This is the message. Did, did everybody get this verse? Everybody get this verse? I want you to read this. Okay. This is the message which we have heard from him and declared to you that God... Wow, God is light. Again, we are talking about light. In him, there is no darkness at all. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. That means if you say that you are a sinner, what are you doing? You are not practicing the truth. What is the truth? That Jesus has made me righteous as a gift. That is the truth. Then verse 7. If we walk in the light, that means... How do you walk in the light? Okay, let me ask you a question. How do I walk in the light? You turn it on. You, you see, you've you, you read the same verse and you're like, you have to do something different when you walk in the light. Let me ask you a question. Do you walk, something, do you walk differently when it is light and when it's not? How do you walk? Come on, uh, James, why don't you stand? Why don't you stand? Okay, Uh, he's going to give you a presentation on how does he walk when it's in the light. How do you walk when you're in the light? Comfortable. Comfortable. You can do anything, right? Is there a posture when you have to walk in the light? No. He's comfortable. He's not afraid. Correct? That's that's a man that... How do I know that this guy is walking in the light? Because what is missing in him? No, yes. What else? Fear. Fear. There's no fear in this guy. Turn off the light. How does he walk? Come on. (laughs) He's afraid of every step. That's how it means if you walk in the light, you have no fear. It doesn't mean, oh, I have to be perfect in my life. That's wrong. How do I walk in the light? I just walk, I'm like, I'm, I just eat and drink and be happy and I'm not afraid of anything because, you know, oh, but, but Thompson, you just sinned, man. You just sinned. I'm sorry because I walk in the light. My Jesus covers me and perfectly every time. and That's blasphemy. That's blasphemy. You cannot say that. Okay, okay. Let's read the, let's read the verse. If we walk in the light as he's in the light, is Jesus in the light? We have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us. Guys, repeat after me. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Question. If you are walking perfectly in the light, how come you have sin? That means what? What does that mean? That means even when you sin, because you are in the light, the blood of Jesus cleanses you and keeps you without sin. Make the sense? See, if there is no sin to cleanse, how can the blood cleanse you? That means when you walk in your daily life on the earth and you fall, you make mistakes, you do foolish stuff, you can still get up and say, I walk in the light. And my Lord will never find fault with me. Do you get this revelation? Light, my brothers and sisters, has come into the world. And this light is separated from the darkness. And the darkness cannot overtake it. Cannot touch you. But he says, I deserve these bad things that are happening in my life. I'm sorry. You're deceived. Bad things cannot happen in your life because you are not in the darkness. You are in the light. So you are unnecessarily receiving it by your act of your will. You do you see it? And I don't have time to go into four pages of notes, you know? So we'll have to close with this, but let's go in this. That light has come into the world to not expose your darkness, but to cleanse you, to justify you. And the way you receive this light is by seeing Jesus. And we'll take this in the next session, and we'll talk about it, that you live in the day. Let's just pray. Father, we come before your throne of grace. We worship you. We thank you. you. We praise you. I just want you to open your eyes in your spirit. You keep your eyes closed right now, but open your eyes in the spirit and see Jesus. See Jesus. I know you made mistakes. 2019 year of mistakes, failures, problems, issues... Decisions that you should have not taken. You, have, you, you suffered unnecessary consequences about it. But God says, I don't want you to see through those eyes. I want you to see me as full of light. And the, your eye is the lamp of the body. When you see Jesus full of light, that window will bring in all light into your body. And you will start receiving all good things in your life. That Jesus who came down from heaven into this earth as a perfect light. His life is your light. Aren't there 12 hours in a day? No man can work in the night. Walk while it is still light. It's the daytime for you. Your gate shall never be shut by day because there is no night here in your life. Therefore, your gates are always open in 2020 and beyond because there is no night in your life and you start receiving the good things in your life and practice the truth, as 1 John says. Practice the truth. Practice believing that you see the one who cast the first stone has already judged himself. Jesus says, I've come to judge no one. But if I judge, my judgment is true. But yet I have come into this world for judgment. But that judgment, he took himself, he raised himself up, he gave himself up, and he paid the ultimate price. Receive from this good Father the perfect light, the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ himself, and receive health, wisdom, healing, and victory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.